Blog Talk Radio. Another week of Hear No Evil here on blogtalkradio.com. I am your show's host, producer, Darlene Lewis, and we are here 
with the illustrious producer, Ron Lawrence. Welcome, Ron Lawrence. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Okay, so we're going to continue off, piggyback off what we were talking about last night in regards to royalties and 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 the business of um, of music. And also, I want to ask you, what happened once you started producing for Bad Boy? Did you have opportunities to work with other people? So let's piggyback on the on the sample clearance uh, situation. Do you have to pay in advance for a sample clearance? Uh, yeah, you do, but it's taken out of the royalties. Um, you do, yeah. It's called a uh, it's something that's called like a rollover. Uh, yeah, you have to pay for you, you know, you pay initial fee for the sample, and then there's like a rollover for every like certain amount of units that sold, they get like a chunk of the royalties. Yeah, a percentage. So they share in everything you do. Like if you take a song from me. Yes, because they own the original copyright. So what you're doing is you're taking you're taking their work and then you're creating a derivative of it. So you have to get permission to do that. If you were to take a song and if you were to recreate it, meaning that you do a remake, then you wouldn't have to go through that because what it becomes once the song is recorded, it's considered fair use. So you can do like a karaoke or what have you. And all you have to do is just work out like a statutory rate or something like that with the uh, with the with, with the artist. Um, but um, but if you decide to take the body of work and alter it, then you have to get permission because then it becomes a whole new song. So they can very well come and say, "Well, you know what? I don't want you to use my material, or um, I'm going to take 100 percent of the publishing, or I will share 50-50." Mm. Now, a lot of times say, if you, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. A lot of times, if you release the record, and you know some people are notorious for that. If you release a record and then you go you go to clear it later on, and if it's a big hit, they know it's a hit record. They'll say, "Well, hey, I'm I'm taking 100 percent of the publishing." They can very well do that. Some of them can do that. Has some that ever have, happened you to know. you? Yeah, it, it happened before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you yeah. The do sample all game that was work. notorious. Yeah, the sample game was notorious. Notorious? Yeah, the sampling game, yeah. Wow. That's terrible. That yeah, was a hot yeah, record. Well, which record is that? Wait, you said it happened with you with notorious with or you no, said I, it, no, no, I'm just saying it's it's the, the sample game is notorious, meaning that... Oh, the sampling yeah. game. Oh, yeah, of course. It's notorious, yeah. Of course, because just think, I mean, a person may not have been getting any money for years, and then a right. hip-hop artist comes along and samples their stuff, exactly. and then all of a yeah. sudden, well, yeah. you know, they got all right. these bills, and they're like, wait a minute, you know, right. because I know exactly. um, no Puffy, point. Does, yeah. Puffy did a lot of sampling. Well, the 90s was a lot of sampling. The 90s, the 80s, this hip-hop was built off of sampling. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it started off that way. It started off with playing over, playing records over. Mm-hmm. And then we went into sampling. But they were all, it was always a derivative of another body of work. 
Now, if you if you play in the song over, like in other words, you're not taking a record that existed and copying it, but it's like you're just taking like some music and then you're just playing some of it, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. But not the whole thing, just like a small portion. Like well, how much? You... How much is actually too much? Like it really depends on the person who owns the copyright. If you're just playing it over, then you're dealing with uh, that. You, you're dealing with the master clearances because you're not using the actual body of work now with the actual record. You're just playing it over. So now you have to clear what you would call the master. You have to clear that. So, um, but the the, uh, the original copyright owner still owns, owns the publishing to it. Now, if you take something, if you take a song and then you change certain chords, then it could become something different. And then so you now, don't have to clear, like a perfect example, like a record bounce, gate roll, box gate roll bounce mm-hmm. was a derivative of good times, but the chords were changed around, so they didn't have to pay pay anything to the original copyright holder. They didn't have to pay anything to Bernard Rogers and Bernard Edwards. Or um, when you listen to a record like um, uh, Curtis Blow, uh, what record was that? Um, Christmas Rapping. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those, when you listen to the record, you, you can tell it, it, the idea probably came from a combination of Good Times and another one by the Dust, but the, the way it was played and the way the chords were were um, done on that record, it made it something totally different. So they didn't have to pay any publishing to the original copyright holders because they, they, they changed the body of work and made it theirs. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Now, so from you working, um, from you work, for you being a hitman, and you're on Bad Boy, and you and you making these great songs, okay. So like a year or two is that's like when you started really, really seeing the fruits of your labor. Like, what was that experience like for you? It was, it, it, it was a waking experience. It was, it was, it was a dream come true because it's something that you've always wanted, and then when you wake up. And it didn't even take two years. It just was a matter, of, a matter of a couple of weeks and a couple of months that you started hanging records on the radio, and it became a reality because that way was so hot at the time, and we were so much on fire that we were able to pull out, put our records so quick. Mm. The minute we, and because you know, uh, Bad Boy was in crazy demand. Everybody wanted their music, so the minute we were finishing albums, they were being released. They were coming off the press and coming out in, in weeks at a time. So the records that I was making in 97 were coming out a month, two months after. Wow. Yeah. So how and, did you rest? How did you sleep? Like, like, what was your life like? Like, were you always in the studio? Were you always doing interviews? Like, you were in popular demand? Like, what what, what was that like? like? Yeah, I, I was doing everything because, um, you know, then you have to approve everything, so... He would get to the studio late, and or to have a meeting with him, you wouldn't know, you couldn't really tell what time he would be available. So you'd have to hang out, be in the studio till two, three, four o'clock, so you could have a meeting with him, and then you play your songs or whatever, so they can get placed on the album. And then I would go home, get a little bit of rest, make some beats or whatever, back in the studio maybe twelve one, two o'clock, and it was just a cycle. We really didn't get no sleep, not a lot. 
Wow. Did you travel a lot? managed to get, excuse me? Did you get a chance to at least travel? Yeah, yeah, we traveled, yeah, I traveled. Because there was a lot of times when, when we were, when I was in demand, I would get calls to leave the, leave the state to go produce uh, maybe in Los Angeles or something like that. And, um, you know, we get on the plane. i get on the plane and they'd fly me out to produce a record, fly here, fly there, stuff like that. So, yeah, we definitely got to travel. Okay, so now, once, uh, now, what was your major in college? Um, architecture. <laughs> I started off as an architecture major, and then I went into uh, liberal arts. I was undecided, so I took psychology. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. So, so you know, because I would just assume that you would do, like, engineering, audio engineering or something nah, like that. No, I was... I, really, I was more like an artist growing up. I used to like to draw. I went to high school of art and design right. for at least two years. So I started off doing that. Mm. And then things so, didn't go right. And then, excuse me? So you didn't get a chance to utilize your, um, besides, the, of course, the music artistry. But have you thought about going back into your your interest of drawing and architecture or whatever? Or you're just going to leave that on the back burner? Yeah, I mean, I had lost interest in that a long time ago. Because when I went to art and design, I realized that people were a lot better than I was. It, 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 it just messed me <laughs> up mentally because I thought I was hot until <laughs> I got there. And I and I seen cats like their stuff was looking like Picasso, and it just blew me away. And I was like, wow, I got to go back to the drawing board. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it got, kind of got discouraging. But hip-hop was something that I fell in love with at the time. So when I started getting into hip-hop and started um, being a part of neighborhood groups, it kind of took me away from that. And I started focusing more time on rapping and and DJing and stuff. Okay, yeah. so now I also seen somewhere that you produced a song that I really, really love by Brian McKnight called Anytime. It was actually a song called You Should Be Mine, but it was on the Anytime album. It was the okay, first single. Okay, is that that up-tempo song? Um, right. That was a single that set up his whole album. It was it was a very important song for that album. That was a song that was featuring Mace. Right. Oh, okay, so now I see the relationship. Because I was like, that's kind of different for him to try right. to, you know, to get into hip-hop. Okay, so now I see how you got involved with that. All right, so that was really a hot. And then, of course, you did, you worked with Faith, and you worked with Biggie, and who else Who else are some of the people that you've worked on? Okay, uh, Faith, Biggie, Mace, um, Brian McKnight, Voice to Men. Which song do you do for Voice to Men? Can't Let Her Go. Oh, Jay-Z. Which song on Jay-Z's album? Where I'm from, the Marcy record, couple of Oh, really? Ain't nothing yeah. nice, something like that. Right, right, right. And then oh, phenomenon, that's, phenomenon. That's pretty. You did phenomenon too for LL. Right, right. Yeah, and then um, money, power, respect for the locks. Yep, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorites. Then, I, then yeah, and after I left that boy, I started working with um, the Aretha Franklin. I did her single. It's called Wonderful. Really? Got her, yeah, she got a Grammy for that. Wow. That's for performance. And I produced Have you won any Grammys? Have you personally won any Grammys or any awards? I didn't know. I, 
Yeah, I've gotten a NARIS Governor's Award by the Grammys Association back in 97, 98, when they were full producer of the year. Yeah. Wow, that's and, and I also worked, yeah, also worked with Luther, the great Luther Vandross. Oh, what, on which song? Before he passed away, a song called How Do I Tell Her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked with Beyonce on the Pink Panther soundtrack. Really? The Which one? Yeah. Yeah, what was the name of that song again? Woman Like Me. It was called Woman Like Me. It was a lead song, the lead really? song to the, uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I worked with Spike Lee on the Bamboozle soundtrack. I helped him with the score. And, yeah, I mean, I did so much. You've been so. busy. Oh, yeah, throughout the years You've I did a lot. extremely yeah. busy. And so now that you have this, Big music resume. Where do you see yourself going? What else have you been working on? Because I know you're doing so much stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I've done, I actually went back to school and um, to learn film, to learn okay. uh, editing and pr- production and stuff like that. And You're messing in my neck of the woods now. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> yep, I've been doing documentaries and stuff. You so. like it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. So now, right now I'm the documentary, yeah. the, the documentary that you're working on, um, you're working on a few documentaries. So that's where you see that's the genre that you like to be in, like the documentary type of uh, part of filmmaking. No, I mean I, I I like to do it all pretty much, and also I'm looking into doing some adjunct stuff too, professor. Really? At, at, uh, yeah. At Rutgers University, um, so you know, there's a lot of things that I have planned out. You sound like you need to do a book. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too, definitely, most definitely. That would be something. A prof, um, a young professor from the hip hop job, because there aren't really too many producers that's you know teaching. Like I know Karis One, he does a lot of lectures. Yeah, and Dude, I come from. A, yeah, my mother was a uh, my mother was a school teacher. She um. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had gotten her master's in education, so come from a, a very well educated ba- background, like my, my brothers and sisters, and they both went to college and stuff like that. So I saw that growing up as a kid. So mm-hmm. even though I, when I wanted to run the streets, I always knew that I had to somewhere along the line. That role had to be played in my life. My mom wasn't wasn't really going for it. She never really wanted me to mess with the music, but I love music so much. That was the role that I chose. But well, well, you, you did know. extremely well with the music industry. You made some really wise choices because, uh, from the looks of you know your the pattern of and the path that you took, everything seemed analyzed and focused and thought thought of. But looking Looking back, was it anything that you would have done differently? No. No. I mean, I, I pretty much, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed everything that I did. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Not at oh, well. all. You yeah, said you wouldn't change it. You said you wouldn't, wouldn't change, change anything. It, no. I wouldn't change anything, no. And where do you, as far as music, are you still producing acts? Are you looking for acts, or are you working with anyone that we should know about? Um, well, recently, I uh, released a song with uh, 
with Vinny Siegel and Akon, which was kind of messed up because he, you know, he got in trouble. Well, he got in trouble with the law, and then they kind of like stopped promoting the record. It was a pretty good. It, it was just released like two months ago. They get ready, but it's just uh, they, they 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 just halted it. Mm. You know, so. Well, but I'm quite sure you can, uh, <laughs> people call you all the time to do music. Like, do, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm real picky about. I'm real picky about what I do right now because mm-hmm. I've, I've done so much, and I'm not really. I'm not really crazy about. Walking into a record company and knocking on somebody's door to play tracks—that's not been there, done that. You know, and, and the thing about this game is, you know, you're only as good as your last record. Right. And um, and it's very rare that you see producers stay in the game for a very, very long time. And we get, you know, we get our fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes. You know, we get hot, and then and eventually it simmers down. And then you gotta find other things to get into, but you're never gonna stay hot. Mm. What about jingles? Jingles? Mm-hmm. 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 Jingles are cool. Have you ever? Not really done my forte. It? Not, not really my forte. I mean, I've messed around with it. I've done commercials. Where I, you know, I've worked with Spike Lee a lot, and I did uh, I did like um, uh, Burger King commercials. I think it was either Burger King or McDonald's. I did a Beyonce commercial. It was a Coca-Cola commercial with Beyonce. I did that. I did. Uh, I've done the McDonald's. I've done um, an and one commercial with Larry Jackson, mm-hmm. Larry Johnson. No, excuse me. I've done um, what else? Um, and one commercial. Yes, I've messed around with that before. So, yeah. So you've done soundtracks, you've done jingles, you've done records. The only thing I haven't heard you say that you have done, haven't done is Broadway. Do you see yourself ever, you know, going that route? Yeah, I've never, yeah, I've, I've never done that before. Yeah, I wouldn't mind messing with that. Yeah, because that's a that's a, a field that a lot of hip hop artists are starting to delve into. You know, a lot of recording artists are starting to get more into um, blowing. Even actors, uh, film actors, are starting to right. get out into the stage and and taking it back to really the essence of real acting, where you can be in front of the audience and see the people. You know. I can mm-hmm. see you doing that. I can see you being a music, uh, having an orchestra, orchestrating um, a play or something like that. That may happen for you. So maybe you may want to put that on your thing. <laughs> you, you may want to put okay. that on your thing too. So. I'll listen to you. I'll, t- I'll take your advice on that one. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ron, it was so great talking to you. Um, for some reason, I have nobody calling in. Last time you called, I had 12, 13 people on hold. Tonight, I guess people are just listening. But for all of you out there, we have the producer, Ron Amin Ra. Mom, do you still go by that, Amin Ra? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right. I want to thank you for calling in, and uh, until we speak again, you enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to play one of your old tracks that um, that I always enjoyed, and it's only because I just love that 
that sound. It's 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 like a the money, power, respect. The intro. I don't know where you got it from. It sounds familiar if it's a sample, but it just reminds me of um, an old cartoon for some reason. Where did that sound? Yeah, that's. Oh, that came from a record called A New Beginning, and it's by uh, Dexter Wanzell. Dexter Wanzell was one of the producers for Philadelphia International Records, yeah. Oh, so you had access to all of those things because you were working with Kenny Gamble. and uh, Right, we we had that connection, yeah. One of my favorite favorite records was the Faith record, too, Love Like This. Which one? Love Like This. That's your favorite record? It's one of them, yeah, because every time I went to the clubs, I always heard it. Oh, okay. It either, either, either it was that version or the Fat Man School version. I mean, even until this day, if I walk into the club, yeah, more well, than likely i probably hear that her, record. Her yeah. vocals were so good. Her vocals were so crisp and so clear on the and then the music, everything was just leveled so great. And it's a very good up-tempo song. And so, I mean, you could dance and sweat because that's a good song to sweat off of. Right. You know. That's the song but, she usually. That's the song Faith usually closes it out with on her yeah. um her performances. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, are you planning on appearing on any of the? Reality shows, especially with your ex uh, colleague Stevie Jordan, uh, that's on. No, I, I, I didn't plan to. No, I haven't planned it. But if they asked you to come on, would you? Or would you go on the Deep, the R&B Deep? Well, you'll be in Faith is on there. See, it, it, it just all depends. It all depends on what kind of light they 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 trying to depict me. I just I'm just real picky about getting on TV, and then all of a sudden. When they edit those things, you don't know how they 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 plan to depict you. And when you look at it, then you're like, "Wow, I didn't say that, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that." And mm-hmm. I just don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, I so agree. you know, I'm not I'm not really a big fan of reality shows like that. Me either. I mean, but I like the watch, watch, but yeah, I, I watched that once or twice. Yeah, I like it. I like it because it's it's kind of realistic. I like the Braxtons. You know, they're mm-hmm. funny. Of course, they're all scripted, even though they claim they're reality, but they're all scripted. But they have some content, and they at least they do promote the music, you know, and that's the most important yeah. thing. So I'm going to leave you, Ron, with one of your great songs. Of course, my boy DMX killed it on here. And, um, and until next time, thanks for calling in. Hey, you're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, yo, my whole clique bout it, bout it. We take yours while you pout about it. Truck, step out the horse, wanna crowd around it. You can see me on Optimum TV. On your bathroom, turn the light out, scream, Bloody Mary. One, two, three. Sheik ain't your usual friend. But I can set you up like Heisen, walk straight at the end. I'm done with ice and charms. I'm trying to ice my whole pack when I'm gone. 
pull up with class on the door. Once I meet him, I greet him, kiss his feet for freedom. Tell him thank you, Lord, cause on earth I was getting bored. Now resurrect me back to this cat or sheep. So I can make this album and get back to cats that's me. 2.30, me bucks for you, that's like a cat versus a pit bull. Gun, no flip bull. Keep hunger and plan for the future, cause you figure you gonna be older. We're longer than you gonna be younger. Eat
listen in for round two, and he brought it, gave some very good information about his life, his career at Bad Boy, which opened up doors to work with some of the most fabulous and phenomenal artists. I mean, he's worked with Aretha Franklin, like, right then and there. That is, like, amazing. And he's such a young guy. I mean, it's amazing. Working with Brian McKnight, Faith Evans, Biggie Smalls. I mean, the list goes on and on. He is a true testament that with perseverance and with guidance and strong faith and belief in yourself and, of course, having the right connections, you can go very far. But he spoke and gave some very interesting information. A lot of hip-hop producers um, don't get the notoriety. You know, most of the people that are in front are the ones that you hear mostly about. But the producers, the one that makes the artists, the ones that sit night and day thinking of ideas, sitting in the studio, putting it all together, those are the true artists. And I want to thank Ron Lawrence for calling in and taking time out of his busy schedule to speak to you. Tune in every Thursday at 6.30 uh, if you want to hear me live. But we also allow you to listen to our past shows all day and all night long. Just go to blogtalkradio.com slash hear no evil. Now, if you would like to advertise on the radio show and the site, you can do that. And if you commit to two months, you automatically receive television exposure. So give me an email, Darlene Renee Lewis at Yahoo dot com or call six four six five four eight nine five zero one and I will promise you I will make that happen. Thank you for tuning in until next time. <laughs> 